Yo, yo, what is really, 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 really good? <laughs> yes, indeed, you are tuned in to another brand new episode of the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Washed Lord, also known as Creasy Bear, also known as Odesu, and of course, aka the Korean John Cusack. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on, BTB Army? How the fuck are you? It is my favorite day of the goddamn week. On today's episode, we are going to talk about 300-yard gate. Universal Studios is cornholing people. Academics is not just a clown. He's a fucking pedophile. We are in Miami for Jordan Winter's bachelor party. Baller breaks his back. Captain Pick's party was lit. NBA Finals Game 6 is tonight. I got more golf stories. We got a big sequel coming on another brand new gang-banging episode of BTB. Miles, Jordan, let's motherfucking go. Yeah, man, I'm actually on my way to Miami as you guys listen to this podcast. Um, our dog, our boy, one half of the Dust Brothers, one quarter of the captains. Actually, it might be one sixth, right? It, Captain Picks is kind of big right now, but Jordan Winter is getting married. And no, I don't know what his name is. I'm playing with y'all. <laughs> First of all, I love Robin to death. Um, it is time to turn up in Dade County. All right, we are in MIA, yo, yo. I'm like, I'm low-key nervous. No joke, okay? Um, we still got Captain Miles at the reins, holding it down in Los Angeles, but I'm shook ones, part three at the moment. But guys, I don't want to take up too much of your time. We got fan questions today, and I know you guys love that. So I'm going to keep the intro short and the outro short. On Tuesday, was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday, sorry. Monday, I posted a video of me at Weddington Park hitting at the range. Now, I'm going to tell you the backstory. London had a lesson there, okay, with Rondell Barrio, right, golf pro. And I had to leave London alone because he was having like a little bit of a fit. He had a long day, you know, he's, he was tired. And, uh, you know, you want it. You know, it's, it's hard to tell a kid. You know, either a kid wants it or he doesn't. And it's not that my, because my son's, you know, spoiled or whatever. And I wouldn't even say that so much. You know, it, he likes what he likes. You know, he likes certain things and he's, he's a good kid. But it was hot, you know, in the mid 80s, running around all day since morning time. You know, the last thing he might want to do is do golf, even though he loves golf. So I decided to go a couple holes down. And my wife, this is the first time now. First time that Nicolette's ever seen me hit a golf ball, like for real. Like she's never seen me actually swing. I'm not talking about punting at the fuck. I'm talking about swing a driver, pitching for uh, anything, okay? I bought four clubs again, pitching wedge, seven iron, hybrid three rescue, and a driver. 
start messing around a little bit, I break out this golf club style tripod. Shout out to Golf Mommy who uh, who showed me the th joint. You know, I had it in my golf bag. You know, I seen it on hers. I had a tourney we played and um, pull it out, start recording myself. True facts. I hit my driver six times during this recording of all these things, okay? I recorded three videos. You know what? I'm sorry. I recorded two. I recorded three videos, but one was a hybrid. I hit the hybrid, my new stealth hybrid that's fitted to me, and I probably hit about a buck 90 with it, which just getting started. I've had some trouble with the hybrid here and there, you know? Some people don't use a hybrid. You know, I'm not a big fan of three wood. Definitely don't use a five wood. Um, I don't use a three iron. So, you know, I like the hybrid, right? They use the rescue. So I hit about 190, almost hits the wall. The bottom of the wall at Weddington is 209, 209 yards, okay? Sorry, Ron told me don't say wall ever again. The bottom of the fence is 209. The lower middle section of the fence is 230 yards. Break out a rangefinder, you know, put the laser on it, you'll see, all right? And don't get me wrong, look, Ron got a track, man. A bunch of people got, you know what I'm saying? They all got monitors and shit. We did this at, at Trotty. People are just in disbelief for just being haters, period. Do you want to know why? Because I said this when I first started playing golf. 60 million people suck at fucking golf, period. And a lot of people, you know, there's some couple people who are like, oh, it ain't a big deal, hit it far. You know what? Maybe they ain't really been around a lot of golf people. But you don't give a fuck where the fuck you are. It doesn't matter where you are. And yeah, of course, I'm used to certain ranges. But at the end of the day, you know, the wind will help a little bit here and there. But range balls suck. You can get up to 40, 50 yards extra on a good ball. Like I said, on a TP5X, psh, less spin. So, you know, a month ago when I was at the Kingdom, I was averaging a 265 carry on the track. Man, I think I was doing like 235, 225 or something. And then... And then he adjusted my stance. He adjusted two small things. I'm talking about Trotty. Possibly top three greatest trainer and arguably the best master fitter in the world, right? And I hit my driver six times. Three of them, right? I hit a miss if you don't know what a miss is, then it, it's not you actually missing the ball. I'm talking about there's, the, the golf is a game of misses. Google that term and you'll understand. I hit one, my first shot, my first time my wife's ever seen me hit a driver. And she goes, holy shit, that almost went over the fence. And I was like, yeah. She goes, what happens if it doesn't? I mean, what happens if it would have? And I said, oh, you get kicked out of the park. You could turn the volume up. My wife, we don't act. We don't do shit like, we don't do that fucking weirdo shit like Instagram where you shoot 17 shots behind your head and then if you finally get it, like, oh shit, I got it. Like it was your first try, whatever. We don't do that old weirdo shit. That's the Instagram special. Motherfucker, I'm 49. I ain't got time for that shit. People say, oh, you got time to argue. I don't got time to argue. If I'm taking a shit, which I do two to three times a day and they, they take a minute, I'm gonna be honest, like I'm never out of the bathroom faster than 10 minutes. I'll start replying to some comments. Other than that, nah. And more so to piss other people off, right? It's always like, oh, I didn't think you were going to apply, blah, blah, whatever. Just stupid shit, okay? Second shot over the motherfucking fence. It was, the flight on it was so nasty as the ball's in flight. 
I run and grab Ron. I scream. I said, Ron, 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 check that shit out. And he was already kind of walking over towards me because he's watching me hit. And I'm looking at that bitch. Look at that bitch. That's how long it took. That motherfucker went over the left side of the fence. We're talking 300, period. Ain't no if, ands, or buts. Okay, especially because now I'm going the opposite way. I'm going a little bit to the left, right? And I hit it straight most of the time. That's why I really focus on. I shank the ball way less now. I'll have some fuck-ups here and there. But my misses, golf is about a game of misses. And then on the third shot, I'm recording now. I'm sorry. I recorded the first hybrid hit, second hit. On the third recording, that bitch goes clear over the wall. If you watch the video on my reels, go download the video. It's not that difficult. You can get an app and download it. You could slow it down all the way. You can see the ball. Ain't no motherfucking way. That bitch ain't going nowhere. Have professional look at it, real people who look at it. Unless you're just in disbelief because you're just a hater because whatever. It don't matter where my swing is looking like. There's a thing called the smack factor, or some people call it the smash factor. When you hit a sweet spot of a driver and you have enough force and enough body movement, it's fucking game over for the ball. Now, I had a couple of friends who play golf. I met a girl recently who I was practicing with yesterday. And, um, you know, her name is Maslin. She's a really pretty girl. She's got like, obviously doesn't look like the average golfer. So when she goes out, you know, people were like, what the fuck? And I posted her swing on my stories yesterday, you know, and she's fucking 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, she's a tall girl. So it's even like even crazier. And people, and she tries to dress it down. Sometimes she, you know, fuck it. If I had big titties and a big ass, man, I would go show it off. I don't really care. You know, she's a good person. She's a young girl. She's been playing golf for a few years and she's really, really good. Now, me, she's hit golf balls before as a kid, as a teen, boom. And then she started getting serious about it a couple of years ago. And like, again, I'm still less than seven months in. And, you know, she had to see it for herself. Now, the other two balls that I hit, hit upper fence, mid fence. So nothing I hit was under 250, right? Even my miss. And what's crazy is, you know, it was end of the day, whatever, boom. Yesterday, I go, and I didn't invite her so she could see it. We talked about it. She's like, yo, I've never hit 300 before. Boom, I'm like, yo, over the fence is 300 legit. There, there is what it is. She knows my coach ain't gonna lie. There's a bunch of witnesses. But I needed a non-biased person to just see this shit happen. So again, I hit, this time I hit 10 balls for my driver. I think I hit one. I, I, didn't, I didn't slice anything. But I definitely, you know, one faded a little bit, um, hitting them with strength. You know, I hit upper fence. But she was hitting like 265 as well, which is crazy. She's much more consistent. But she sees right then and there that the ball is going way over, you know, it's going above 250. It's going over the, the 230 sign. It's hitting the middle, the upper part of the fence, and the highest part of the fence a couple times. She saw me use my hybrid, my Stealth Rescue 3, and she saw that hit the fence at the bottom, but still. That's with a hybrid, you know. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and stress and try to get this shit going. So, you know, we decided to play horse, which I've never played before. Remember, I'm still new to a lot of this shit. And horses, when you start putting, you use two balls at a time, and uh, the person goes first, and the other person has to make the putt from far away. And we're shoot, we're probably putting, you know, minimum 15, 20 feet. This is, these are long putts. And I made every putt. I made as many putts at first as she did. Now, she beat me, barely. And uh, it's funny because I feel like I didn't really concentrate at the end, but, you know, she's like, okay. You know, she sees, that, and again, this is a girl who hit 86 at fucking Trump last week. So she's a fucking very good golfer. 
thing about it is Maslin is young. She's good for the space. She's good for golf and everything else. And the 300-yard gate shit, people don't think I fucking did it. It's like so hilarious, dude. You think that some of these people who are so respected would put their name out there? And people ask, he's like, yo, dude, yes, the equation, the math, everything's there. He's done it. You know, it's not really hard to believe, you know. Now, there's dumb fucks that are messaging me telling me that they're hitting 350 and 300 with a three iron. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, stop. <laughs> Rory's not hitting that. Rory's not 225. Shut the fuck up, goofy. Anyways, understand this. No matter what the fuck you do, you cannot pay anyone to be good at golf. You can either cheat, but you can't pay anyone to help you become good at golf. You either are good or you suck or you're a pro. It's one of those, one of those things right there. Donald Trump, good golfer. Heard he cheats. I heard he cheats a shitload and does a little bullshit here and there. That's believable to me, right? Well, he doesn't suck, but I'm just letting you know. You're either good, you suck, or you're a pro. And that's just all it is. You can't pay anybody to do whatever. I am outside, motherfuckers. I am playing here and there. I've played some really bad tourneys here and there. Never said I was a good golfer. I just said I hit the motherfucking ball over the fence. That's all. And now I've done it three fucking times. Do you know what I'm saying? In a week time. So it's just crazy. And I don't know what's, what's up with these fucking weirdos, but look, it's out there. I bet that one dude and the motherfucker still ain't paid me, now he's blocked me. Weirdo shit. Um, on Tuesday, we hit Universal Studios, just me and the boys this time. And when we went a month ago, a fast pass was 90 bucks. That's the express pass that bypasses the whole line, blah, blah. Yeah, you go buy a VIP experience. It's not that deep. It ain't that deep. And then buy money or nothing, it's just not that deep, right? What's crazy is, you know, once you buy a ticket pretty much, or if you, you know, they, they always do buy one day, go for the rest of the year for free. We don't go on blacked out dates because those are the fucking dates that we don't want to go there. And so I get three fast passes, three express passes, right? And this motherfucker, <laughs> like I just went a month ago and it was 90 bucks. I got five of them, obviously, for you know, for me, kind everybody. This dude had the nerve to tell me $525, and I couldn't fucking believe it. And I said, yo, what's going on? He goes, it's summertime. And by the way, it was packed. And by the way, for me at least, it was fucking worth it. The shortest ride, like, you know, even Harry Potter was at least an hour and a half. Like, I'm not waiting an hour and a half in line, bro. I just can't. You know, and that's, well, I've worked hard enough to not do that shit. But let me say something about Harry Potter. The last three times we went to Universal, I never went on that ride. That motherfucking ride is crazy as shit. Now, I understand why it's their best fucking attraction. And uh, they're opening uh, Super Nintendo Land there, which is going to be fucking crazy. But other than that, the mummy is stupid fucking crazy. But the shit is fucking like 45 seconds long. It's super fast. But it was a good time. Had a great time. In other news, academics is under major fire right now. He's put himself in a weird position. Now, he's been begging to get himself canceled, right? Saying stupid shit about like, you know, catch me outside, shake bad baby. He said, yo, she got mad titties for 15 years age, blah, blah, whatever. So there's a soundbite that's out right now. In fact, you know what? We got my man, Miles Davis, right? Super producer, podcast producer of the year. Miles, play that clip real quick of, of academics talking. And to keep it real, if you think about it in the bigger scheme of things, there's not much difference between a 20 or a 17 
or a 21 and a 17. Just kind of mean one's a minor and one's not a minor. But I will say, listen, I adopted this rule, which I think it was fine. I said, listen, man, as long as the chick got a college ID, she's getting fucked. I don't care if she's 17. I don't care if she's 17 and a half. I don't care if she just turned 17 and I'm 21. She's going to get this dick. Now, the funny thing is, he states that this video, I mean, the sound bite is from 10 years ago. There's really no presence of academics prior to like six, seven years ago. And I'm talking, giving him some benefit of the doubt. Like, I mean, like real, like shit where people could catch. So like, let alone in 2012, there's nothing. You ain't going to find a fucking thing. And again, I'm not saying like, he just became popular recently, right? He became popular like right around summer 16 and he wasn't even nowhere near at, you know, where he's at right now. But I'm talking about, he was just, you know, he was starting to get the shows, trying to get a couple things going. Nowhere near from the digital footprint of that audio and people who've caught the audio, the latest they date back, they say, could be 2014, highly doubted, it's 2015, right? So that's what, seven years ago, that puts him at 25, was it 24, somewhere on there? Y'all say what you want to, man. And, and I got people in the comments talking about like, see people, yo man, you know, the age of consent, 16 in a lot of states, blah, blah, It's He ain't talking about age of consent in every state. He's talking about girls who are college students that are 17. It's just, why even put it out there? You getting this dick, da, 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 whatever. You wasn't 21, stop capping. You wasn't 20. And why is there audio of you doing it? Because you were never anyone of any kind. You weren't DJing like that. Motherfucker, you said DJing. You can't fucking DJ. Motherfucker, I ain't talking about Serato, dog. If you really talking about DJing like that, of course there's a gang of people now from fucking the chain smokers, whatever. Trust me, believe me, motherfuckers can DJ on some vinyl. There's some famous DJs who can't, but I can't respect them. Please believe me, Funkmaster Flex is still scratching. DJ Khaled can still cut some records up, okay? But I'm just letting you know that dude is sus as fuck, and he's just a fucking clown, right? Now, we're going to get into these motherfucking questions right now. And uh, right now, currently, Jordan is fucking drinking his ass off in Miami. He's probably already hung over from the night before. But yeah, I will be there soon, motherfuckers. Let's get some commercials. Be right back with fan questions. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial 
and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. For those of you who listen to Behind the Baller podcast, and obviously follow my social media, you know how I get down with True Bill. It's a perfect app for budgeting and tracking your bills. But also, True Bill is the app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year using True Bill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple to cut them loose. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. As I've told you before, I love Truebill. I use it every single day. With Truebill, you can put your savings on autopilot to save money without thinking about it. Truebill learns your habits and saves the right amount at the right time while helping you avoid overdraft fees. Truebill has over 2 million users and you should be one too. Get an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill will notify you of important events that need your attention so you're never caught off guard again. Sign up at Truebill.com slash baller. Go right now to Truebill.com slash baller. It could save you thousands of dollars a year like it does for me. Go to Truebill.com slash baller. Yo, 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 we are back. Promise you guys fan questions once a month and we are doing it. We are keeping it up. We were doing what we're doing. Scumbag of the week, scammer of the week, whatever. And I'm going to have Baller Busters come back on the show and we'll figure that out. But um, uh, we're about to get into these fan questions. I'm only going to go through about 40-ish of them, right? Because I don't want to get, you know, go too crazy. You know, I got a fucking flight to catch in a little bit. Um, But yeah, we'll start it off. Question one comes from John Hardy. Payson writes, yo, Ben, what's good? Love your podcast, sir. What is the biggest advice you can give me as a 24-year-old father financially and mentally? Oh, boy. I don't know if your baby's on uh, formula or she's breastfeeding. He's, you know, the baby's breastfeeding. Uh, Well, one, breastfeeding is definitely better for you, right, for the kids. I've noticed it firsthand. Uh, It's not a personal. My wife gets really mad when I talk about this, but like, you know, London wasn't breastfed. Ryder and Kaya were, and they have less health issues. It's not by coincidence. I do believe in that, true. You know, but that would save a lot of money from having to buy formula for me. It's a shortage right now. It's expensive, whatever. Now, mentally, 24, pretty young. I wouldn't say extremely young, but definitely young. Shit, if I, I was 24 and I had London, think about hope. London would be motherfucking uh, 25 right now. You know what I'm saying? That'd be fucking crazy. He'd be out fucking banging chicks and all kinds of stuff. So mentally, you got to think, 
you have a lot of fucking up that you still might do before you turn 30 and where it becomes, you know, where it counts more against your record, right? But because you have a kid now, you still might not be able to take those gambles. But I would take them now with the kid at 24 up to about 27, 28, maybe into 29. You know, if you didn't have kids, I would say take some gambles up to 33. But financially, you got to start sitting thinking a little different with your kid. Now, I don't know how old your kid is. Now, if your kid's zero to, I mean, you know, like a newborn to three years old, it's real important that you obviously talk to that kid, right? Because then, you know, that kid learns how to speak from you speaking to them. Even if they don't talk, you're just like, hey, how you doing? You know, just little simple sentences. They have to hear that. I didn't realize that even so much. You know, I'm like, oh, they can't talk anyway. You know, you talk, but it's like, hey, you, you never know. It's your like first time parent, whatever. But like... You have to talk to your kids. You got to go through all the milestones, make sure they hit them all. But now if your kid is older than three, you know, it's a different thing now. Now this kid's going to start taking notice. At five, they'll never forget shit that's bad. You fuck them up at five, trust me, when they're 30, when they're 35, when they're 40, they're going to remember that shit. So all I was trying to say is, if you're going to grind, you're going to do what you got to do, I would do that shit before they hit four years of age. Right. And I'm not saying that be present, but I'm saying if you want to really be on some super fucking gangster, like work your ass off, yeah, do that shit then. So you don't look like you're absent, even though you're putting food on the table. Sometimes, you know, it's Father's Day, right? Coming up, fathers don't get the recognition. Yes, sometimes women, they stay home and you can't put a price on a mother's, you know, uh, what she does as, as mom, as a stay at home mom, whatever. But you can't ever look past the fact that the breadwinner, you know, I don't know if, if your girl, you know, makes money, I don't know what your situation is. But understand, any adult, all right, any fucking adult, I want to say 90 to 95% of any adult who has a child is capable of being a parent, okay? Less than 10%. I'm being very generous. It's really less than one. Less than 10% of able adults are going to be able to make half a million dollars, a couple hundred grand, let alone be a millionaire. And I'm not saying what I do. I'm just saying I balance both. I didn't want to be a dad at 24. I'm not taking anything away from you, right? I would love to have been a dad around 33, 35, but I wasn't financially ready until then, you know, and that's why. But look, stay strong and you're going to do great, man. Next question is Adrian. Uh, he writes, um, oh, he's from fucking New Zealand. Another one. Thanks for all the gems you shared in the podcast. Hope your family as well. Questions. If you were to choose one collection in your man cave to keep for your kids, what would it be? Bear Bricks, Cause, Others, Murakami stuff. Um, what is the most expensive art piece in the man cave? Do you have any visits in New Zealand one day? Um, if it was something to keep for the kids, it would definitely be the Cause stuff. No offense, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in the man cave, is, does it have the most expensive stuff because uh, it would be somewhere else. And uh, I'm going to get into that because that's, where shit starts getting, you know, dangerous. In the man cave, though, I'm looking around it right now as we speak. Um, I do have a bare brick that's worth about 200 grand. So that would probably be it. That would probably be the most expensive. Going to New Zealand, I, I really have no plans. I mean, unless I go see my man Israel, you know, um, Adesanya, then uh, I, I highly doubt I'm getting out there anytime soon. But thank you, Adrian, for the question. Uh, Andy Hong writes, up, Young, I'm a single dude with $500,000 house and a car paid off. With $300,000 liquidity. Uh, you said a few months ago that it would be the worst time to buy a watch. I love horology and currently own a stainless steel Daytona. I purchased at retail before the watch hype. Now the watch market dipped and corrected as you predicted. Do you think it will dip more than 
um, plus 20%. My authorized dealer lost their Rolex account, so I'm currently debating on buying a watch on the gray market. Do you think I should still wait? Are there any authorized dealer tricks to get preferential treatment? Whatever happened to Mr. On, who owned the Rolex account, threatened when he had COVID that you spoke about on the pod? Also, would you ever do a talking watches with Hodinki? Um, you know what? I don't think the market has corrected. Okay. I think there's things that have dropped a little bit, but I don't think it's a good time to buy a watch. And again, you didn't tell me exactly what you wanted to buy. Uh, as far as AD tricks, there are no AD tricks unless you're famous. It's fucked up. You could be rich and you have a long history and someone comes in and be a famous YouTuber or whatever it is and they just want to get their fucking clout and they want to get more followers on their business account, whatever, or take a picture in their wall. That'd be the only way to do it. So if you're not famous, it's just a fucking bitch. Now, as far as Mr. An, I think he did lose the account and it fucking sucks, right? Um, I don't think they got it, which is fucked up because they've pretty much, everyone who's followed it, you know, in Los Angeles at least, they've pretty much been taken out by a major dealership, whether it be Geary's or whatever, things like that. Bindi still got it, but you know, it's just different. Now, again, $500,000 house paid off, car paid off, 300K liquid, bro. If you want to buy something that retail, go ahead. I wouldn't, you know, I'm like, look, if I were you, I'd be looking for people who need the money and got to watch. Fuck anything else, right? That's not necessarily the gray market. Gray market would be considered if you're buying a watch in Europe or in Asia. That's gray market, right? Black market, if it's obviously illegal. I'm just letting you know what gray market is as far as watch shit goes. They usually consider that shit like Mexico, Europe, whatever, Asia. Um, as far as talking watches, Hodinky, they follow me. I follow them. You know, it's all good. I know they're really cool with my boy, John Mayer. I'd have them on here. Why not? That's a good idea. Appreciate it. Paul Magno writes, what's up, Tito Ben? Been listening to the podcast for a minute. I have two questions for you. First one, what is your favorite Filipino food? Second, how many guns do you own? Thanks for all the free game. Paul from San Bernardino. Um... First off, my favorite Filipino food would probably be, uh, fuck, man. Damn, it'd be a toss-up, man, between pork adobo with garlic rice or tocino. Nah, you know what? Fuck that. No, longanisa and eggs with garlic rice is probably is a really close second, but definitely I think pork adobo is just, just too fucking good, man, right? Uh, how many guns do I own? I had 47 in the heat of the pandemic. I'm down to 44 guns right now. Next question. Hey, Ben, my name is Rick Gudino. I'm a huge fan since day one. Been listening to you since day one. Just want to congratulate you for your achievements in life. Uh, you're an inspiration. God bless you and the family. My question is, I'm a first-time homebuyer. It's just me and my girl. We don't have any kids. We're not planning to have kids in the future. Do you recommend me buying a house or a condo? I'm not trying to buy a huge home since it's just us two. Thank you for your free game. If you are not planning to have any kids, why buy a big house? If I were you, I'd buy a two-bedroom condo. But remember, you buy a condo with a pool and fucking game room and gym and all this shit, you got HOA fees forever. That could be a bitch, right? And then you have a privacy issue just in case. So if I were you, I would look at a three-bedroom house. And if you can find a three-bedroom house, that's kind of cool. Go ahead and do that. You don't need to get no big house, right? Like, you know, I mean, house or condo, right? I mean, again, if you're just in a condo where HOA fees ain't that much, a couple hundred bucks, fuck it, why not, right? You'll still be able to sell that. That's cool. But, you know, I don't know if you want to buy right now. I don't know where you are, but you know, mortgages are down. You know, interest rates are up. We'll see. And the Fed just went up. Last night, 
you know, almost 1% against. It's just kind of fucked up. Uh, Aaron Nguyen writes, from your last podcast, I heard that you used to DJ at some clubs in LA. My question is, how did you get into the DJ scene? What made you stop being a DJ? Uh, appreciate your response. Much love from Niagara Falls, Canada. You know what's really crazy is that people, I'm that old and I've been around so long that people forget that I was a famous DJ. And you guys are so young probably that if you were, let's see, in 2004, so you guys would be 18 years old now, right? If, if you guys were born in 2004, you could have been even three or four or whatever. It could be, you could be 20 and you would have been fucking, you know, you could be 21 legal age right now. And you would have been one, you know, when I was DJing. And you would have been three when I retired. How did I get into a DJ scene? I became a club promoter at the Club Roxbury. And how do you, okay, listen, tell me you never listened to K-Town Hustler series without telling me you never listened to K-Town Hustler series. I became a club promoter. My sister introduced me to a club owner of a very famous club called the Roxbury. Um, it was one of the most famous clubs in history, in nightclub history ever, in Hollywood history. And, um, you know, I learned how to DJ at a young age. I was fucking 10 years old. My man, uh, Rob One, rest in peace. He had taught me. I've been fucking around with just DJing here and there and making mixtapes. Back in the day, just so you know, a mixtape means you had to blend. You had to actually mix a song from one to another. It wasn't just putting a fucking bunch of songs together. I mean, yeah, it's a mixed tape, but it's not really like what you would call it in hip hop. But what made me stop being a DJ was, one, I was uh, going a new direction with my life. I was going through a breakup um, to my fiance, who I thought we were going to get married. And music just, something about it was just driving me crazy. I think at that point, I fell out of love with music. In a sense of playing new music all the time, it was time. It was a legit 10-year run in clubs, right? Eight-year run, like legit where I was, you know, popular and famous. And I just got so sick of telephoning my jobs in. It was just it. That was it. But uh, good question, man. Listen to K-Town Hustler series, man. Uh, next question is Justin Kanji. Yo, what's up? Before I ask my question, I want to say much love from Toronto. I was never really a podcast guy until I listened to yours. Now I wait every Monday and Thursday for you to drop. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. I am 21 years old, currently studying interaction design um, and business at the best design school in Canada. I'm on an internship working in digital marketing, and I absolutely hate it. I have high hopes to one day use my design degree in fashion industry somehow. My question to you, I ask, is if you could give me any advice as to what you would do if you're in my position, shoes, what would you be doing? What would you do? I have one more year left of school, and I just gained my first real work experience. I had the most of my fiat invested in crypto, 15000 and I also have a sneaker collection upward of ten k. Other than that, I was just a student still trying to figure it out and navigate life. Coming to you for a little bit of advice. Sorry if that was long. I, I believe I'm an extraordinary individual going through an interesting time in my life. I found some sort of teachings, learnings from you. Listening to your pod. Love to hear your answer. Um, Justin, 15K in crypto, which obviously, you know, is probably, you know, like 6K right now, right? Uh, sneaker collection at 10K. Look, just hold off on all that shit. The crypto, it's, you know, when it goes back up even, just that's really like the rainy day, rainy day. It seems like you're okay right now. All right, you're 21. You're about to be out of school. Um, you know what the beautiful thing about the internet is? If you really do have a dope design, I don't know where you want to start, but the funny thing is even with Pyrex Vision, right? That was before Off-White. 
Virgil started off, Pyrex is obviously, you know, playoff of Pyrex, which is, you know, Jay-Z, you mentioned in many Simon songs, any drug dealer knows what Pyrex is. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but I'm pretty sure they make Pyrex out there. But like, you know, they make all the mixture cups and all the stuff. If you're cooking up dope, you're making drugs, you know, he just used something greedy in street. I don't know if you have, a, a, I can't give you help on a name, but if you have a, you know, you're a fashion designer, all right? If you were to put together a couple dope t-shirts, that right there would catch fire, right? Then if they did, you know, Virgil obviously knew people, he's best friends with Ye here and there, but still, still had to put the groundwork in and a couple t-shirts became more t-shirts. Then it came, you know, it caught fire. I know people who really weren't anything. There's a guy I never heard of you, right? Before, and I think his page is, he's had three different pages because he's been deleted so many times. He just literally had some, you know, fuck you, you fucking fuck. Fuck you, you racist fuck. He has a couple other t-shirts that had crazy things. He just found a niche and just started making little things. You got dudes who have pages like a plastic plant or like uh, welcome.jpg. And these guys, they have no identity really. It's just like this new cloud generation of Instagram pages, like little Jupiter and stuff. But the crazy thing is the easiest way for you to catch a buzz is to put some designs out there. Now, if you feel like they're too futuristic and they're too extraordinary, maybe they come back to those and you keep those ideas going and you still stay 10 years ahead of the game. But you got to do some shit for the people to get some notoriety and get some shit out. Once you get all the fish to bite, then you got, you're so hot, you can put some bullshit out. But let alone you put some hot shit out, the flame will continue. That is the best advice I can give you, Justin. All right. Uh, next question is Noel Rainey. Uh, pronounced Noel. Actually, I had a friend named Noel. Well, well, Noel. Spelled the same way. What's good, Ben? Been a follower since day one. Haven't missed an episode. Also, currently a super fan. Appreciate all you do throughout the communities. You're involved in a question. I'm within a year, um, about a year to a year and a half of proposing. I need to start looking for a ring. I know exactly what I need. Solitaire, oval, at least one carat, platinum or white gold band. Probably sounds like pennies to you. My budget is around 5K. Where do you suggest I start to look? I've been on Blue Now a lot and I actually do some work for a small jewelry designer brand, um, but I'd feel weird asking a designer to make me a ring. Whatever you can suggest helps a lot. Um, Noel, you'd feel weird asking the designer to make you the ring? fuck kind of crazy shit is that bro you should be able to, hopefully this person's like a real like a, the, even if it's a small brand how that motherfucker make you a ring now if you're just trying to do a tiffany solitaire brand basically we they call it the tiffany you know um ring because it's just literally a simple band whether it be a round or a knife type band knife is when it's sharp you know like like and it's just basically a solitaire stone classic timeless right oval cut one carat can't go wrong right five g's now Man, you know, some years ago, you could have got one, you know, probably get it. The funny thing is, 15 years ago, you could have got a VS2 G color for that price. Now, diamond prices are up. So I think, you know, you don't go any lower than SI1 and you pull that favor from your jewelry brand, you know what I'm saying, designer, because Blue Nile is like eBay, just so you know. Blue Nile is like that. They, have, they don't have the inventory there. It's like they were doing what StockX is doing a long time ago. All these people got all these fucking diamonds and they're selling them through Blue Nile just like they do on the Rappaport um, guide. And pretty much, you know, they send a diamond there, boom. And it's, you know, obviously a lot easier to inspect and deal with the fake than it is with uh, StockX. But I would suggest you maybe don't go any worse than like a K color. Now, how you win with the K color, go with slight fluorescence. 
so that when you're outside and the sun shines on it, it hits a little more blue and has a little bit more hit to it, right? And then when you're in a you know, nightclub or if you're in a black lights, it's not really gonna affect it that much. You know, stay away from even medium fluorescence, all right? You might have to sacrifice going to very good instead of going to, you know, triple X and, um, you know, just shop around. You'll be able to find it, bro. You'll be fine. Ask that, that, that jewelry designer. If they can't help you, then what the fuck are you working for them for? Vigas Gandhi writes, it's been great to see you how far this podcast has come since I started listening to the start. Hopefully you remember me, but I'm the listener, Vic Gandhi, that took you uh, you took to the Seahawks game in Green Bay. It was an awesome experience. I'm sorry about the passing of your cousin, Rex. He was super chill and fun to hang out with. I see how close you guys were. Hopefully you were happy with your choice and take me to the game. Uh, my question to you is golf-related because I'm a huge fan of the game as well, aside from Tiger. If you could caddy for one celebrity or professional player, who would it be and why? Um... Fuck, that's a fucking good question because it would definitely 100 million percent be Tiger Woods. So now that it's not Tiger Woods, oh shit, man, there's not too many interesting people. Uh, you know what? Fuck am I talking about? Be Michael Jordan, 100 percent. Be Michael Jordan, a million percent. Especially, you know, we try to do like a pro am tour or something. If on a celebrity sports, whatever, you know, like an athlete, it would be fucking Jordan, number one. Um, as far as on the tour, shit, man, who's on XL that I, you know, I want to say Colin, but Colin's kind of like, I don't want to say anything about Colin bad because it's not bad. It's just anything that's not great will be looked upon bad. Maybe on the Champions Tour, man, I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd fuck around and, and caddy for Vijay Singh or someone older, right? Maybe Curtis Strange or, or, or Fred Couple, someone old school, you know what I'm saying? So I can get more game from and then uh, Vic, has, uh, Vic writes, and by the way, man, you were a great dude. I, I, that was, you were probably the best person I could have fucking had come meet me at the fucking game. I can't believe you drove from fucking Chicago, which is not very far, but that was great. On an unrelated note, when was the last time you endorsed something for a quick payday that may not have aligned with your views or lifestyle? What was it? And if you can, how much was it for? Um, shit, man. It's been a long fucking time, dude. I, I really can't even fucking think. I'm just trying to think. There was like a crypto bank or something. I forgot what the fuck it was, but it was like a 90 day or no, it might've been five months. I had to leave the post up and I forgot what it was, but Spike Lee endorsed it. It wasn't like a rug pull. It wasn't no fucking altcoin. It was just like, it was more like a bank thing. And uh, it wasn't, it was crypto. It was cool, but it just was like, I wasn't really crazy for about it. I think it was like 50K. And to tell you the truth, I don't think I've really, really, I, that's how far back it goes. You know, anyone that comes on the podcast, you know, and you have to pay to be on the podcast if you want to sponsor it. So it's like, yeah, nah, man. And the podcast sponsors, I can't really say much because it's like, you know, whatever Jordan and Miles and our agent gets us. But, you know, I've never done something like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm representing Jimmy John or whatever the fuck that company's called. And they, they, the person's like a, a super racist or whatever the fuck it is. Nah. So, you know, <laughs> there it is. Next question is Aaron Kim. What's up, Ben? Listener since day one, huge fan. I know this is a sensitive topic, but in regards to Ben Baller blockchain, there are some disgruntled holders, but I'm still a majority of the holders who believe in holding no matter what. My question is there, has there ever been thoughts to plan to collaborate with your homie Murakami? I believe a Murakami XBBDT uh, BC collab would reinvigorate this project. Thoughts? Aaron, thank you so much for, for holding. Um, I'm sure there are disgruntled holders. I do talk to some of the top holders like uh, Timmy Tokens, um, which is actually his name is Tucker and other people. I wish there was something more deeper that I can say that would get you guys to overstand. 
it's got nothing to do with me pushing something right now. Like at this point, pushing this, it's not about that. And re, it's about the, it's not the community even, right? And it's not the utility. It's so much deeper than all of that. I could have brought Drake into something. I could have brought fucking someone huge into this. You know, I had something that we we're talking about with fucking board eight yap clut, and that still didn't align with me. It would have just been like, all right, we're just gonna get this out there, boom. And even then, look where ApeCoin is, right? And I know other coins are shit, but I'm talking about look at that one specific coin. Okay. It's not about me bringing, you know, and it's not that I don't believe in the project. It's all the back end that is putting me in handcuffs right now. And I've said it many different ways. I don't know how much more to not say it, right? There's a lack of communication. There's a lack of a lot of things. Yeah, my name's tied to it. It's not that, whatever, boom. I'm still holding all mine. And I know, look, it's different for you guys, but, you know, I wish I knew from before, you know, and again, if there was something, if I need to take the blame, I told you, I'll take it. But the fact that I have no way to do anything to make it go better, because if I did, now I'm going against the grain. It's not about my reputation. My reputation is platinum. It's not that at all. I'd be going to work seven times harder to do something that I don't think is aligned with where I'm at right now. And when it's aligned... It'll be aligned. And Murakami would have no fucking, he wouldn't even think twice about it. He'd just do it. So would cause. So I appreciate it, Aaron. And I wanted this to air. So thank you, man. Um, Tom Fallows writes a very simple question. Will you be at the National Card Show? I am up and down with it. We're trying to do a special Baller Breaks episode there. The only thing is, it's such a fucked up situation with getting there. And um, I, I got to figure it out, man. I, I mean, I mean at, at first I was like, yeah, 100% I'm going because Atlantic City, fuck it. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, now I'm doing baller breaks and I'm also dropping my, you know, my new set. So, you know, I was 50-50. I think right now I'm more like 70-30. So I think I'm going to get there. Uh, next person is Isaac Gonzalez writes, what's up, Ben? When's the last time you were in Texas? And would you ever consider a meetup in Austin? Stay blessed. Thank you. Last time I was in Texas was January 2020 before the pandemic. I had barely started to hear about the pandemic. It was kind of crazy. And I was actually in Dallas and Frisco, Texas. Austin was super close. Would I have a meetup in Austin? Yeah, sure. Just don't know if I, you know, going to be out in Austin. But uh, yeah, I would, you know what I'm saying? we maybe go to a Cowboys game. I have no idea. Ivan Marin writes, what's up, Ben Baller? Thank you for the free game. Love your podcast. When are you dropping more merch? I have your red shirt. This is not your practice life shirt. Uh, there'll be more stuff dropping on there. I'm going to start doing some golf polos and shit like that. Just keep looking at that Ben Baller shop page. You'll definitely get some shit on there. I'm not going to do the BBDTC page for a little bit. I need to figure it all out now that my boy Sean, my assistant, is gone. Um, Rick writes, what is your favorite taco spot in LA? What is your favorite shoe of all time? Uh, I've answered the shoe question before. Um, and it's actually changed. It's crazy, right? My favorite shoe of all time is probably the Black Cement 3. But I have to say that, yeah, no, you know what? I think the Black Toe Jordan 1 is probably my favorite shoe of all time still, you know? I wish the Jordan 1s had a little bit of a higher sole, like Air Force 1s do. But um, that definitely is. And it's always been one of those. It's been like a Chicago Jordan 1. It's been between those things, right? 
But, and there's some obviously some rare issues. I'm going to sit there and be like, oh shit, fragment one or some specific thing. But like, you know, in general, Jordan 1 is probably one of my favorites. And they've been my favorite since, since 85. I was actually a big fan of the shoe and I've never, ever lost sight of how much I love that shoe. Just like the Black Cement 3s. It's just that the 3s, I don't know, man. I think I'm more of a four guy, which is weird because I was always a three guy. Favorite taco spot in LA. Um, I don't do hard tacos. I think Tito Tacos is overrated. But uh, in LA, LA, when I mean LA, I'm talking about 213, 323 area code. I ain't talking about even the 310 or the 562 or 626. So I got to say El Torino. Definitely El Torino is my favorite taco spot. Damon Jackson writes, the life of the party or the jewelry piece. Yo, Ben, it's Damon Jackson from Santa Ana, California. If you could make a jewelry piece or DJ a party tomorrow for anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? I can't wait to hear which one you choose and which person you choose. Um, definitely want to want to DJ no more. I'll tell you that right now. I don't give a fuck whose party it's for. I've done all my DJing. Make a jewelry piece for anyone dead or alive. Uh, I'd make a chain for Bruce Lee, right? I would fucking make some really, really dope uh, be like water type chain for Bruce Lee. I would make some fresh ass shit for him. Make something fucking all forgets be clean. My my second choice would be Tupac because we were boys and it'd be like, yo, I know you love Julie. And I would have made some just fresh ass, real clean. I'd have, maybe I would have fucking made his ass the OG Versace Medusa because he loved that so much and did it really just on some real super intricate, crazy detail. Micro pave, gold polish, fucking matted gold, all kinds of shit, man. It would be fucking lit, man. And me and Pac would fucking have a crazy photo shoot about it. Good question, by the way. Uh, Gilbert Tran writes, what's up, Ben? Been following you since day one. Happy that you picked up golf recently. Trying to do so myself. Two question. What drills help you the most when trying to improve your golf game? Um, would you consider making some BBDTC ball markers? Uh, we don't have these on the greens. Uh, drills? You know, I really can't break down drills, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm still so fucking new. But I think my stance really, right, was wrong. And I don't think it was necessarily wrong. I think my coach wanted me to have it myself as comfortable as possible and have me get through there. And he powered through all that stuff being a mad scientist. And I think really what helped me the most was practice. I know that sounds stupid as fuck, but watching looking at other people. I'm real good at visuals, right? You can watch YouTube, but when you start watching a bunch of different things, man, you know what I'm saying? If you're a raw canvas, never played before, you got to be careful what you input in your brain and what you input in your in, in your eyesight, you know? But one thing is, for the first almost 30, 40 days, I only hit with the pitching wedge. And that was it. Once I did that, he's like, Yo, you're going to hit the same with, exact, with every fucking club. And other people are really good. They don't have that same philosophy, but I've gotten real far by going that way. Another thing is, you could putt anywhere almost. I put in my house all the time, right? Practice putting more than anything in the world because it's the easiest thing you could do. Practice on your short game. If you practice on your short game and you practice on your chipping game, which those are two places, two things you could probably do more. Everyone's practicing on smashing the ball and all that stuff, which is important, yeah, you know, to a certain extent. If you could get strong on your 120 yards and less game, you will succeed way further. Uh, BBDTC ball markers will probably happen. I got a lot of other fucking crazy ass uh, golf accessories that are dropping. So that's not really that far-fetched. 
Jeff Fisher writes, hey, Ben, long-time listener, first-time writer. You mentioned pieces, but purposely stay away from the details. Are you able to catch up on a break-in incident you dealt with at your crib years ago? Of course, the high-level details you're able to share. Hearing your defense story could be a learning opportunity for the BTB Army. Keep doing your thing. Um, I suspect that it was somebody I invited to my house that was a pretty good friend. They had... You know, this is one reason why I don't post where I'm at in real time. I had posted that I was in Laguna Beach, far away. It was a good hour and a half away, or hour, you know. And thank God I posted, you know, when we almost were home, right? If I post somewhere most of the time, 90% of the time I'm already gone. Just do that for my security purposes, right? So these people had someone behind my house, wherever the neighbor's house was there, one side of the street and one side of the other side of the street pretty much waiting. So by the time I got home and I pulled in, I knew shit was fucked up and it felt warm. So people were still in the house, right? Can't talk about, because it's still an ongoing case, but some things happened to those people. And I think that uh, your imagination can kind of get there, right? So one of the things was I had no intention of calling the police. There was nothing they could do for me, right? At that point, it it was stupid for that, right? Only reason I had to call the police was because I had to get a report in order to get paid for insurance. And the fucked up part about it was there was a massive amount of cash. When I say massive, think about me and think about who I am. So think about how much I'm talking about. And, you know, that was a big changing point in my life. When I lost that much money, I've never taken an L like that before. Everything in my life changed at that moment. And the crazy thing is, things came back 25-fold for me after that. My whole work ethic, everything came totally different because London was just born. So good question, man. By the way, if you don't already, when you have a security system, you got to make sure it's not aligned with your Wi-Fi because if it is, then, you know, and of course, you know, Wi-Fi controls here and there, but if you have no analog backup signal coming from analog phone, something, whatever, then you're just going to be fucked because, you know what I'm saying, all they got to do is cut your Wi-Fi, cut electricity, and boom, they're going to get in. It's got to be, you know, most really, really high in security systems. You don't got to worry about that. Uh, Dr. Park writes, what's good, Ben? Uh, you're an avid golfer now. You're looking to bring Top Golf to K-Town, Irvine, neighboring city of SoCal? Uh, no. Top Golf is dope is what it is. It's got nothing. I have zero interest in doing that at all whatsoever. Um, Aroma Cafe. I'm sorry, Aroma Cafe. Aroma Golf, uh, you know, well, the Korean country club is uh, kind of like, you know, already kind of, owns K-Town. It would be no reason for me to bring that and just deal with more alcohol, more headaches. Nah. Since your sister is managing Keanu, could you get Keanu Reeves, aka John Wick, on the pod? I guess I could. It'd be interesting because I had Josh, you know, one of his best friends. Would you ever get your mom on the pod? Nah. She wouldn't, it would take fucking forever. If we did three questions, it would take forever. It would just, I don't know. It'd be really interesting. I'd love her to do it. It just would take too much fucking time. Um, But yeah, man, much love for that question. Tanner Scott writes, I know you're into cars. And I was wondering, what is your favorite car of all time? Thank you, Tanner Scott. My favorite drivable car of all time will always, for right now, be a LaFerrari. It could be a LaFerrari Aperta even, but a LaFerrari period is just my favorite fucking car. And I missed out on buying one. And fucking When I went to go jump the gun, the car was gone, and now the price is so much more. It just didn't make sense for me right now at this moment what's going on in my life. But if we're talking about a track car, then it'd be the FXXK 
which is like a LaFerrari, which is just fucking insane, right? There's, there's, I don't know. There's, there's Bugattis and all kinds of other shit, but that LaFerrari just hits different for me forever. Uh, Brian Elwin writes, BB, how come you like Seattle a lot? Do you ever check out Vancouver, BC scene? You're a cool dude. Have one, bro. Dog, you got to be a brand new listener. Like super new fucking listener, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my cousin was born and raised in Seattle. Um, my wife was born there, right? I started a business there, decided to jump into the fucking scene. Uh, Vancouver, for a little point in time, my boy was shooting a TV show out there. And uh, has my boy Johnny Messner been on the show? No, he hasn't. So I had an apartment in Yale Town for a while. So I've been to Vancouver, you know, shit, two dozen times. Next question is Byron Lee. Looking back, say you played on the golf team in college. Do you think you would make the transition to making jewelry for a career? Or do you think you were destined to be Ben Ball or the jeweler today? Um, shit, I don't know, man. If I really did make a golf team in college, I don't think I'd be making jewelry right now. I highly doubt it would be even, you know, but the thing is my uncle would still be a jeweler. So that would always be there. I just don't know. You know, I just feel like my life would be totally different. I'd be around a different circle of people if I was playing golf in college. You know, the thing is, I don't think I'd ever stop my hip hop influence. So maybe that would turn me into something, but it would just be weird, right? Because look at how much color is in golf still to this day. It's very little. Louis P. writes, uh, what's up, man? My name is Luis Perez from Apple Valley, California. I had a couple questions. Could you tell us about your relationship with Mac Miller and any funny deep stories, memories you have with them? Maybe the process of creating a legendary teeth grill. Could you talk a little about your crazy bear collection, favorite one, most expensive one? Um, I feel like they don't get talked about even though the main eye catcher is probably the awesome million dollar man cave. Uh, thank you for all the free game. I'm not going to talk about the bear brick side. Let's get into Mac Miller real quick. Mac Miller was like a homie of mine. I don't know, man. He reached out to me. I never reached out to him. And I think because I was so close with Tyler and all the odd future guys, he felt like, all right, cool. Let me reach out to Mac. And I already knew who he was because Donald Trump was a big song. But uh, I'll tell you one great story. I think I've said it on the podcast before, right? I'm at his house. They call it the mansion, Studio City, California. And I am in my Rolls Royce. And I'm backing up and he's high as shit. He's got boogers in his nose. Motherfuckers wearing pajamas and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And he tells me right then and there, he's like, hey, just back up, back up. I wish I, this driveway was a fucking nightmare. There's no way to, you either have to drive up, try to make a U-turn while there's cars there or reverse down. And I wasn't gonna reverse down in a fucking brand new Rolls Royce. It was just a bitch. I was trying to do a 17 point turn in his driveway up top I ended up fucking hitting the rear bumper and it had a nice little fucking good, just a bunch of fucking scratches and it was all fucked up. Drive down the hill. I get rear-ended by a Mexican dude in a pickup truck. He has no insurance, doesn't speak any English, nothing. I tell the dude to leave and it was just a crazy day. The dude was so fucking excited. He started crying. Jordan, my boy George from Platinum Motorsports House, he took the car, got it fixed. Wasn't a big deal, paid for it. But I sent Mac Miller the fucking a fake invoice. And he's like, oh, fuck, I got to pay for this. And it was funny because it was he was like, shit, he was going to. But uh, I never really told that story before. So it was kind of crazy. But uh, I, I talked about Mac a little bit more, you know, on the, on the show. You got to listen, you know, to some old school episodes. All right. Uh, question from Ramiro from Rancho Cucamonga. What's up, man? Would you ever be up to throwing in another an event in the IE, maybe at Dave & Buster's in Ontario Mills? Um, Yeah. Fuck yeah. Have you ever been to the Dan Muscles Ontario Mills? It is fucking huge. Because I've been there before. 
It is massive. It is a super Dave & Buster's. I would love to do an event in IE. You know what's weird is I did my, one of my meet and greets at uh, Cookies in Riverside. And it was light, man. It's like 60 people. It wasn't like crazy. I thought it'd be crazy. I don't know if it was because location was fucked up. But in, you know, Riverside is kind of deep too. I'd be down. I think I got a lot of people from Diamond Bar or whatever to pull up. Yeah, that, that's a good idea, man. Popeye, you listen to that? Uh, Peter Cho writes, what's up, Ben Opa? Peter, you're a Korean dude. You don't call me Opa, bro. <laughs> All right. Much love from the DMV. Crazy Urine Tyson has been a listener since your K-Town Hustler series. Since this is a business podcast and this is for future podcasters, what are some business obstacles you have had or had running the show? And what are some things you wish you did differently if you go back to the start of your podcast? Um, thank you, Jay Swade. How you go from Peter Cho to Jay Swade? All right, anyways. Business obstacles. I don't really think there was any real obstacles I had because the Dust Brothers made it so fucking smooth. What are some things I wish I did differently if I could go back from the start? I wish I just started video from the beginning, but it's a lot harder. But, you know, like to just jump into it, you know? And I'm going to give you guys video. It's just, man, I wish I wasn't going through. I mean, I wish I could talk about it. I'm probably going through maybe one of the toughest times in my life. And I haven't showed it because I've just been really just trying to power through the show and power through everything else. But trust me, if you're in my life and you work with me, you know I'm going through some shit. But that'd probably be it, man. You know, another thing too would be cool is if I had a co-host, I wouldn't mind having a co-host on the show. But other than business obstacles, man, you know, it was really, you know, we were making money from, you know, but it wasn't the intention to make money. You know, we're just doing this for fun. And the Dust Brothers is just, if you have a producer, fuck, man, I can't really talk about because I don't have a show without a producer, so I can't really get into it. Hey, man, my man, uh, my name is Dexter G. I live in Oakland, but I go to school in Berkeley. It's always crazy to hear you about you living in the Bay back in the day, kicking at the same spots I drive by every day. Question I need to know, what are your favorite taco spots in the East Bay? I love the podcast. Was hooked up on my episode one. Seeing the example you have set is uh, inspired me to further embrace my pride in Korean heritage. Uh, you talking that shit on behalf of all Koreans out there truly means a lot to me. Last name Griffin. Fuck, you must be half Korean, right? I guess. I don't know. In the East Bay, bro, I wish I had some dog. I only got Gordos and that's really not necessarily tacos. It's more like, you know, like burritos and stuff. I really ain't got no East Bay's like shit, man. I, look, it was hard to find tacos. There was one spot on San Pablo. I forgot where the fuck it is. Literally right, because Albany's so small, right? Right before you get into El Cerrito, I forgot what the fuck the spot's called. But I ain't got no taco spots in that, man. My bad, yo. Uh, next question is from RJ Lueta or Lueta. What's up, Ben? I'm the super follower who gave you baseball cards. You gave your baseball cards too. Just wanted to tap in with you. Wish you the gang gang. Nothing but blessings. I have a question. Two questions actually. First, what did you get your kids with the Amazon gift card I gave you for them? Oh, you, the Samoan dude. Shit. Um, I get them Robux. The fuck you think I did? Of course they got Robux. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm half Samoan. What's your craziest story with or about Samoans? I won't tell you uh, who they were because they're the, some of the most famous Samoans. You know, there's not a ton of famous Samoans, but these are like famous dudes. I pull up to a fucking, to the Palladium. I'm sorry, the Palladium. Is it the Palladium? Am I fucking tripping? The Palladium, yeah. On Sunset Boulevard. And these motherfuckers are having a full-blown shootout with Tone Loke and his people. Yes, Tone Loke, Wild Thing. is one of the most famous songs in the world. He's also in fucking Ace Ventura's. He played the, the cop, the black dude. And, um, oh man, 
My boy Boom Boom, who was a Simone, was there. It was just crazy. I just witnessed a motherfucking full-blown shootout. These dudes weren't ducking for... I mean, these were big fucking guys, right? You can figure it out. It's not difficult to figure it out. I know you're young, but you can figure that out. But yo, man, I appreciate you, bro, especially for being a super follower. Um, okay, Jacqueline uh, Bonkoran writes, Hey, Kuya Ben, I really enjoy listening to your podcast when I commute to work in the morning. I don't get annoyed anymore sitting in traffic. In fact, I take the longer route instead of the short route just to finish some of your podcasts, LOL. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you did make me emotional, though, when I listened to episode 191, Tough Love. I am an only child, and it is hard. Even harder because I chose to cut ties with my family to better my mental health. Uh, listening to all the advice and positivity you really give me goes a long way. I really admire and look up to people like you. Thank you so much. My question is, I plan on taking my S2000 to the track in the near future. What is your favorite place to go track Kuya Ben? Fuck, man. You know what? Not Willow Springs, but what the fuck am I drawing a goddamn blank? There was a great quarter mile track right in the fucking valley. I can't fucking remember what the fuck it is for the life of me. You know, Thermal is a cool track, but you can't really go over like 140 on the straight. Uh, California Speedways, eh, Willow Springs is cool. It's really what I really know. But as far as like visiting tracks around the country, right? Honestly, I've only been there once. Sorry. Motorcycle, I've been there three times. Laguna Seca is my favorite fucking track. Definitely in California, if not the country. I don't have a shit ton of track experience, but that is, Laguna Seca is my shit. Monterey, California. Love that. And thank you so much for the support. Uh, Jesse Bolanos writes, what's up, Ben? It's Jesse back with another question. I know you're a big movie guy, but I don't think you've spoke on horror movies. Are you into that genre? If so, what's your favorite horror film? If you're not into them, why not? Um, much love. You know what's crazy, bro, is I am fucking completely obsessed with the Conjuring series. I didn't watch The Nun or like Annabelle and all this stuff, everything else. It makes me scared of thinking about it. But The Conjuring 1 and 2, and I think Conjuring 3, crazy. And that's from the same people that make Insidious and all the Insidious ones. I got goosebumps on my legs and it's fucking 6.17 in the morning. That shit fucked me up. All Insidious and all fucking Conjurings. Good question, man. I never answered that before. What's up, band? The Korean John Cusack. It's my name is Kevin Espinoza from the City of Roses. Big fan of the show. I've been listening to a lot of your show. You're a great inspiration, motivator, and mentor. I fuck with you heavy. Uh, even put my bro up on your show. He fucks you heavy too. And my question is, you've mentioned how you took a big tolerance break off of the ganja because of your paranoia. How did you control your paranoia and what made you, or how did you become back to smoking? Did you do it gradually? Was it easy? Um, it wasn't that. It was... I was smoking coolies, right? Primos, where you sprinkle coke on top of the, of weed. So I was kind of damn near freebasing because I'm cooking coke on a joint or a bong. And ever since then, I started getting irregular heartbeat. I started getting anxiety. I started, you know, having um, panic attacks, which led to me hyperventilating a lot. So, you know, really at that day, I just started try to eat healthier, try to go to the gym. I was really paranoid. I started going to see a doctor a lot. I started becoming hypochondriac. And, you know, finally... When I felt like, look, I'm drinking water, I'm healthy, I'm all right in my mind, you know, like I'm less stressed. I was going through, you know, crazy time with the music business. I just was like, you know, at a point where I was like, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to smoke again. I want to get high. And I just kind of just, you know, I hit a joint. Uh, I don't do bongs anymore. I cannot do a bong. I either hit a blunt or a joint and that's it. And, you know, I just, it just eased back into it. I think I fucked around and took Valium because it was uh, prescribed to me and it, it definitely did help a lot, man. Good question, bro. 
Seti Hardaway writes, what's, what's good, Kuya Ben? Appreciate the free game for uh, on BTB and putting on for the Asian community. My question is, if you could choose the ultimate import sports car from the 80s or 90s, what would it be? My guess is you've already got it. Ha ha. Well, no, I mean, we're talking about the 60s and 70s. It'd be a different story. 80s and 90s? Shit, man. Probably maybe like I would love and I just can't find a clean one. I just cannot for the life of me. I would love a 91 to 94 Acura Integra sedan. Have to be a four-door. Have to be the VTEC. Uh, was it be a GSR? Be impossible to find it in like a 92, 91 Integra four-door GSR or even a GS or L. Something that had the VTEC engine in there, boom. That would be the motherfucking, I would love, I would slam that bitch on the ground on some fucking Hoshinos or on some work wheels or something. Definitely not on some fucking Volk racing. It's just too goddamn played out. Last question of the fucking questions is, sup, Ben, huge fan. Anyway, so I've been dating this girl since December. She's cool as fuck. I love her. She's got her head on straight, saves money, has a decent job as a surgical tech. However, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to her fully. I haven't made her my girlfriend. I know she's waiting, but I can't pull the trigger. I still can't pull the trigger. The subject says 23-year-old with a MILF. It's fucking hilarious. Okay. Uh, I'm 23 years old, soon to be a law school student. Knowing you were in past relationships with females, with kids, what's your advice? Should I bail now or write it out? She takes care of the kid, knowing damn well if I pull the trigger, I'm setting this up. I'm setting up this figure of a dad to a kid who ain't mine. I don't know how to feel about this. What would you recommend, Mr. Baller? Man to man, answer please if I was your son. Please and thanks for everything. Much love. Raul, what a fucking question to end this fucking episode on. I'd love to know how old this girl is, but a MILF could be at any age now. Um, I dated one girl in my life that had kids before. She had one kid, and it was a very unusual situation being from the culture and the, the family this girl grew up with. You know, bro, if she's not even your girlfriend, you know, you really don't know what's going on yet. Now, if you're worried about just, you know, you know, being a figure to this kid, you know, and if his dad's not around, I mean, you know, do you like the kid? Do you not? That really all depends on, that's a really big part. That's probably about, I would say maybe 50% at this moment, do you like the kid? If it's something you want to fuck with, you know, you want to mess with this, you think this kid's cool, you know, you think, is he a cool kid? Is he needy? Whatever it may be, kids can be like that, right? But it is important. Should you bail now or write it out? If you ain't going to take this serious and you don't think it could be serious, don't get in this kid's life. Don't fuck his head up. You know what I mean? Because he might get attached and it just becomes more of a pain in the ass. And you never know. Nothing is ever guaranteed in life, right? But if you love this girl, you're about to be a law school student. You're about to go to law school and you're about to be a lawyer. Shit, bro. You got your life all ahead of you. You're about to be straight, okay? And this girl's obviously not a financial burden on you. But understand this. If you're looking for a reason and you do like the girl and she's cool, everything's good. If you do marry this girl and you guys have kids of your own, think of it like this. That child will be stronger to you because that child will now share blood DNA with your child, with her. So think about that like that, right? There's other red flags to look at too though. Will the dad come back or is he dead? You know what I'm saying? Is that drama? A lot of other things you gotta think about, right? Those are just, you know, the particulars that I would think about so much. If you guys are just dating, you haven't even fucking called her your girlfriend yet, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you got a kid involved. Think about that. And at 23, you might not be able to make that decision yet. 
So if I were you, I would slow the fuck down a little bit. I would focus on other things. I would focus on banging chicks and having fun, you know, and I'm sure she'll get over it and cool. I'm sure you're a great dude, but you are young. I wouldn't even think about anything serious about no girlfriend, none of that shit until about 28 at the earliest. You got a whole life ahead of you, bro. But if she feels like she's the one, okay, I don't think it sounds like that in that question, but that is it. Uh, that is my relationship advice to you guys. We're about to go to a commercial break and then end the show. This was a fucking awesome set of fan questions. Thanks, guys. BTB Army, I have told you before and I will tell you again, you need to have your money working for you. You could have your dollars tied up in all types of investments, but if you are a sports fan, and especially if you are a sports gambler, you need to be rolling with us at Captain Picks. Honestly, we make it so easy for you that you don't need to do anything. You don't even need to know anything about sports to win on the daily, and that's no cap. Our expert captains lead our community of winners every single day in sports all around the world. Why are we the best? Because we care. We care about your winnings. We care about your time. We care about dominating and making it fun. Make friends and stack wins. No community in the industry is more knowledgeable. At CaptainPicks.com, we have experts making picks in NBA and NHL playoffs, worldwide soccer leagues, MLB parlays, live stats, UFC, even rugby, and a lot more. Make money while you work. Make money while you sleep. I have been a sports gambler for decades, and our captains have been at this for decades as well. Just because sports gambling is suddenly legal all over the United States and around the world does not mean that we aren't new to this. We are true to this. Okay, don't never forget that. Join us today on the daily, weekly, or monthly packages. If you get the secure recurring subscriptions, there are savings available. Watch your bankroll go up. If you need to start slow, get the daily or weekly with promo code CASHIT, C-A-S-H-I-T, for the buy one, get one free daily or weekly. CaptainPicks.com. Break your bookie's bankroll. I love Miami. I've always loved Miami Beach, man. I just, you know, this inflation shit is crazy. And, uh, you know, crypto is um, it's a weird thing, right? Like, you know, it's hit. I feel like it's hit the bottom, right? And, um, you know, you're starting to see shit fight back and whatever. My boy Takashi Murakami apologized for his NFTs when every single fucking NFT is going for fucking 20 to 25 times the lowest, the floor price, right? 20 to 25 times what you know, uh, minting price was. So like, Takashi, I love you, bro. Chill. You got a bunch of blockchain holder motherfuckers who are stupid as fuck who, and so, why are you talking about it? Because you don't realize I've said it a hundred times. So if I've said it a hundred times, I've had compassion. The first four times I had compassion. The next 10 times I had compassion. But after realistically 25 times, I don't give a fuck how much money you've put in. Now, I've said what I've said, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> Miami. Uh, Baller Breaks is back, by the way, guys. We had a great show. We're starting to get it you know, uh, more smooth. Um, there's a shop called The Hobbyist that has partnered up with us 
for uh, boxes and everything else. They couldn't get any Ben Baller Chrome in time for the show. So now we're going to have for the next episode. I am assuming, just guessing, but I'm pretty sure the next episode is going to be the 29th of um, of June. So that'll be uh, just under two weeks from now. Baller breaks. You know, we break some fresh ass shit. Uh, we had F1, we got Panini Chrome, all this other stuff. And I'm not the dude, you know, look, people go out there and try to find some hate shit to do, but look, we got all the angles, we got a dope ass show, we got a great fucking little audience, we got shit cracking, okay? And speaking of cracking, we had a Captain Picks party at Dave & Buster's, shout out to my boy Popeye, uh, game five of the finals, the captains went heavy on the Golden State Warriors, and I was like, you know what, fuck, I think they're gonna win. Guess what, they did, they pulled it off, they tapped that ass, I think the Warriors are gonna win it all. You know, I think they're gonna win it all in Boston. But if not, you know, tonight, then I guess they'll win it, you know, in Chase Center in San Francisco. Either way, I think they just got too much. Boston comes back, man, dog, psh. Like, I got a feeling that Tatum is going to pull out the fucking 24 wristband, armband, whatever, tonight. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's a wrap. I think it's over. I think the fucking finals. I just, I just think the Golden State got it, and that's cool. But, you know, I've never, ever slandered Steph Curry in my entire life. The only thing about him that kind of irks me is just is his wife, but that's nothing to talk about here. As far as his game and as far as him, can't say anything bad about dude. But I see a lot of people put him up and talk about him versus Kobe, and I'm like, yo, bro, you just can't do it. He's a greater shooter for sure. But as far as a career, if he wins another one here, he still ain't just, it just not, period. There's no shocking, and people say, oh, it's shocking, but it's, you know, when you're consistent at something, imagine if all you do is one thing. Kobe did a whole lot of different shit. So again, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Steph. You know, and I hate the fact that his parents are dealing with all that crazy shit with the fucking uh, the rumors. Well, it's not rumors. It's actually true that his dad's girlfriend is his mom's boyfriend's ex-wife. It's fucking crazy. But he doesn't deserve a slander because the dude stays in minds his own business, right? It's crazy. You know, I mentioned something on my stories about doing a washed lord golf invitational and we are getting serious about this guys we are going to start hashing out sponsors start getting things out you know we're thinking about probably 30 32 teams max groups of four so a team is four people we're probably going to only sell you know less than half the spots i'm going to have some big people come in i'm going to have even tailor-made come in you know to some extent to sponsor it's going to be lit we're going to have some some really nice prizes. We'll make sure motherfuckers don't cheat. I got to fucking get the caddies on point. But yo, I got some people who do this. My man George Lopez has been doing it seven years. I'm not going to ask him for any help. That's disrespectful. But this is something I've been wanting to do. And I'm about to get heavy in this golf space. Understand that, you know? It's more than just... It, it, it really is a lifestyle. You know, when you get into it, you understand why people love the game so much. And um, when we get our first annual Washed Lord Invitational, trust me, Motherfuckers is going to be really on this shit. I'm telling you, it's going to be lit. I cannot wait. Uh, speaking of invitationals, uh, Monday, I am playing in the Maubon Golf Invitational. Can't wait. It's at a country club. It's private. Um, it's a two-man scramble. Uh, I think I'm playing with fucking Ron, a.k.a. RDB, my coach. And that's great because that motherfucker hits, you know, in the high 60s there. So I'm good. Before we break out of here, I saw some fucking incredible news. I cannot believe it. You know that Denzel Washington does not do sequels. He has stated it many times. He doesn't do sequels. 
he did an equalizer too. And guess what? I fucking loved it. I've watched it a hundred times. No cap. I've watched Equalizer 1 probably 130 times. He is doing Equalizer 3. And guess who fucking is co-starring in the movie with him? Dakota Fanning, a.k.a. Pita. Motherfuckers don't know who the fuck Crazy Bear is. You don't know who Crazy Bear is? From the fucking legendary Rest in Peace director Tony Scott. Little film called Man on Fire. Man, if you ain't seen Man on Fire, y'all ain't following this podcast and ain't seen my top 100 movies and you see the top three and Man on Fire is right there. It was the top four, top five, I mean. It's, it might be, I forgot what it is. I'll go back, but it's, yo, Equalizer 3. Damn, man, I got to wait, what, a year? That and like Bosch and all this other shit. Like, I'm, I'm going to eat that shit up. But guys, love you. I will be back on Monday. Um, for those of you who have kids and you are a man, you are a male, uh, happy Father's Day. Yes, I will be celebrating Father's Day back in L.A. I'm going to have to rush back to L.A. to celebrate Father's Day. Then I got the Monday, the Golf Invitational. So I will tell you all about Miami. I don't know how long Monday's episode will be, but I'll be definitely telling you all about Miami on Monday, and hopefully everything goes all well out there. But I love you guys. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend, and understand, guys, that it has been a very long time since we had a show over a week old, still on the fucking Apple charts. It's fucking crazy that this Josh Richmond fucking Johnny Depp shit has gone that far. But I love you guys again, man. My man Lakey Lake is going to take us out of here. I will see y'all Monday. God bless.